Hello, this is Joe with Smoking Joe's Pit Barbecue, and you are listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Start the game! Let's go! We'll do it live. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Barbecue Central Show. This is a show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling, originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio, the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I am your program host, Greg Rippey. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evening, a live fire fun and frivolity show. If you want to jump in on the show tonight, I'm happy to have you. Last week, after what was a months-long drought of no calls in, Dino Dan from California called in, and we had an actual caller top of the second hour. So if you want to match what Dino Dan did, here's how you do it. You can get in touch with the show by calling 216-220-0966. Email Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. On the Twitter and Instagram, at BBQ Central Show. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening. Coming up in about 12 minutes from now, first Tuesday of the month, we are now in August, if you can believe it. I remember when we were talking about mid-March and we were wondering if we were ever going to see April. There's one of my favorite social media posts by a guy that I'm not going to remember. Leslie Jordan, I think is his name. And he's like, it's still March. How many days in March? I'm talking to my friends. Right. That guy. And I remember thinking, we might never see April. Lo and behold, it is the very beginnings of August and 2020 remaining. At rapidly coming to a close, as I've said before and before and before, and I'll say it again before the year's out, trust me, a number of times. The 2020, regardless of everything else, that, and it's I almost diverged into something that I probably shouldn't have. But I'm here to tell you that regardless of everything else that is going on in the world today, 2020 Still rapidly coming to a close. You can count on that. If nothing else, you can count on that. Uh, Coming up in the first interview segment, because it is a first Tuesday of a month, of course, that brings a visit for Malcolm Reed and How to Barbecue Right. Lots of stuff to talk about Malcolm with. Not the least of which is his new benchmark of subscribers now surpassing 1 million, if you can believe it. So we'll talk to Malcolm about the big crossover through that threshold and we'll talk uh, some food as well and we'll get his take on competition stuff 
college football and naked and afraid TV shows, all the fun stuff with Malcolm, of course. So that'll be Malcolm Reed here in a few minutes. And then 35 past the hour, we had to do a little shuffling here. Uh, Normally, the other second Tuesday of the month guest is Sam, the cooking guy. He is not going to be in this evening because he is celebrating his 35th wedding anniversary with his wife. So we wish them congratulations. Easy to see why Sam uh, had to bow out and skip the show. So we did a little rebook, if you will. Robin Lindars, the typical third Tuesday of the month guest, along with Stephen Reichlin, has graciously accepted a book into this show this evening. Now, you would recall, if you're a follower of the recurring guests, that Robin and Stephen were hung up in the whole computer blow-up scene from two weeks ago. So we were going to go without a Robin in July, but I said, hey, Sam has an anniversary. I have an open slot. Do you want to slide in since you didn't see July? And she said, absolutely. So here's what's going to happen. 35 past the hour, Robin Lindars is going to slide in. Sam, the cooking guy, is going to go in the second hour, the third Tuesday of the month, and that is his option. I recommended that perhaps we just go right through uh, August into September and no reason about no reason to, to rebook. And he said, no, I want to make sure that I am good and holding up his end of the bargain where he can or agreement or whatever you want to call it. So he's going second hour, third Tuesday of the month. Robin Lindars will be in in about 30 minutes from now. So that way we're locked and loaded with recurring guests, although they are a little bit out of order, but I'm gracious on both ends to Robin and Sam for making all of this happen. Then we'll move to the second hour of the show. And Rusty Monsoon, the new latest and greatest embedded correspondent from the great city of Utah, mentioned it last week, or actually I prompted him because I didn't really know too much about it. And that was a company called Lion Energy. And they're in the solar, and I believe they sponsor Pitmaster's podcast, if not uh, both the Anthony Lujan and Rusty Monson's cooking team. They're separate teams. So that would be two potential sponsorships. I might be talking out of school here, but there's some kind of a relationship there. So I've become almost endlessly fascinated with Lion Energy and what they're doing and what it's all about. So I reached out to a guy by the name of Steve DeShazer and said, hey, DeShazer, and said, would you like to come on the show? Let's get the background. Let's talk about the products. Let's see where they actually fit because I think there was some confusion last week that Lion Energy, at least some of their products, might be able to usurp a generator in a trailer type setting. And I don't think that's what we're talking about here. We're not talking about a trailer type setting like those big 30, 40, 50 footers or anything. But if you bring a Honda generator or a Raptor generator or one of these things that make a lot of noise, you want to get away from the noise altogether, you want to be more green, perhaps that's even greener, then this is an option that is 100% real, 100% a opportunity for you to look into. So Steve is going to be on and we'll be talking about Lion Energy. And then to close out the show, a... Semi-recurring guest, friend of mine and friend of the show, owner of Cali BBQ in Spring Valley, California, Sean Walchef will join me 
Sean is unique in the fact that within this time of many different restaurants struggling to stay open, also closing, they've been able to pivot into digital. They've done it very well, perhaps better than anybody else that's doing it in the space. And they are looking to grow. So the questions to Sean are going to be, how are you doing that? How do you get better at digital and being digitally hospitable? As that's the name of his podcast, Digital Hospitality. And is there anything else new going on that he needs to let us in? I heard something about a ghost kitchen. I'm not sure exactly what that is. I'll be able to talk on that. But Sean is growing. Cali BBQ is growing amidst the landscape of restaurants that have not been able to transition into something else or to be of service in a different way than they would normally function through traditional brick and mortar and dine-in experiences. Very, very interesting, and I want to talk to Sean about that. There's your show. Don't forget, you can follow me socially at BBQ Central Show on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Snappy Snaps slash BBQ Central Show on Facebook, where you can also see a live video stream here on this show. Don't forget the live video stream when it ends here this evening is immediately archived. You can go right back and watch it. For instance, if you missed the look behind the scenes tour that I gave you last week where I took the camera and walked around the whole deal, you're getting a dual shot here uh, face on and then it looks like behind the scenes right now, but I did a, a little bit bigger tour last week. So you can go find that show and watch that video if you want. If you didn't see it, Earlier on my show Facebook page or through other social media venues, as of 3.15 p.m. Eastern Time this afternoon, the American Royal has officially canceled the barbecue cook-off for 2020. Not happening. Never have I felt more like a preeminent prognosticator and sharing it with my good pal and executive producer of the Best Moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 Minutes or Less, John Solberg, as I do this very day. Going back to the embedded correspondence last week, we reevaluated from a month previous on if we thought the American Royal had an opportunity of actually taking place, and both John Solberg and I said unequivocally that that indeed would not... Andrew, you are not the <laughs> That the American Royal would not actually take place. 100% not take place. And lo and behold, John and I were correct. I'm trying to figure out who's looking most foolish. Doug Scheiding said it was a 50-50 shot through insider information. I mean, who are you talking to? But I think Rusty Monson was more like 90%. It was, good. was it 90% Rusty or 75 I think Rusty was heavy on the it's going to happen. Now, might be a little different because he wanted to cook it or he was going to cook it, so he just wanted it to happen, wanted to be that positive. But Doug was way off, and John and I were right on. Dead balls on. Is that a saying? Let's start that. Dead balls on. So if you had plans to do the Royal this year, by the way, in my opinion... Very responsible move. How could you do it? How could you do it safely given where we are at now in August? The very beginnings of August. How can you do it? Can't do it. Can't do it. You know what you can do? You can go over to the Barbecue Guru and check out their automatic pit temperature control devices. 
We always believe that outdoor cooking should be easy and fun, and it can be easy and fun when you're using a Barbecue Guru pit temperature controller. Back in the day when Shotgun Fred was pioneering all of this stuff, he was summarily poo-pooed by the barbecue general public. Get that fan out of here. That'll never catch on. 20 years later, look who's laughing now. Barbecue Guru all the way to cornering the market's bank. That's right. A number of different automatic temperature control devices that you can choose from. If you have a cooker that uh, is a bullet style, kettle, ceramic. It does work on some offsets too, depending on size. If you have any questions, you give them a call, bbqguru.com or... No, that's the website. Or you can call them at 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU and ask them all your questions. They'll make sure that they answer them. And then you are outfitted with exactly what you need. Plus, if you're looking for a ceramic cooker and one that already has a built-in power draft fan in it, they sell the monolith grill. That is already set up. So if you have a controller already, you don't need anything else. You buy the monolith, get all the accessories that come with it. It's great. Wonderful price point. Works really well. Well Well-reviewed. Hook up your controller and away you go. BBQGuru.com or 800-288-GURU. Malcolm Reed is coming up out of the break. Stick around. We'll be right back. Casting live from the Barbecue Central Show Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Hey, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Barbecue uh, Butcher's Barbecue. Sorry. Makers of award-winning injections, marinades, rubs, seasonings, barbecue sauces, grilling oils. All of Butcher Barbecue products have been tested vigorously in all forms and fashions. You can go to ButcherBBQ.com and stock up right now. You betcha. Always trust your butcher. All right, first Tuesday of the month means a visit from the creator of probably the most heavily trafficked YouTube page on the face of the earth or channel, that being Malcolm Reed. Hey, Malcolm, how are you, pal? I'm great, Greg. How's it going, man? Uh, We are doing absolutely fabulous. Appreciate you making time as always. And uh, first things first, when we talked last month, uh, what the hell is going on with that? Okay, there we go. There was like three boxes of Malcolm. I mean, I love to see all Malcolm all the time, but you know, sometimes it gets uh, a little overloaded. That was a little overloaded there. Um, we were talking last month about how the month previous or a couple months previous, you were out on a fishing trip. Look at me. This is unbelievable. I'm there. You are. We were talking about a fishing trip. That you and some other dudes took, like Heath Riles was also there, and you spent some time in the wastebasket throwing up because uh, you caught a case. Well, again, we agree that it wasn't your fault. It was Heath's fault 
for getting sick. You caught the whiff, and then inevitably it was just going to happen, right? I mean, you were going to be throwing up because that's kind of what happens. Then we were talking last month. Again, you were somewhere else. You you did the segment remotely, which I certainly appreciate, instead of backing out, like saying the cooking guy for some measly 35-year wedding anniversary or whatever that's all about. And you were going right back out on the water uh, with your wife, with your son Michael in tow, hoping against hope that you weren't going to be catching the same kind of conditions. So we got to do the check-in and see, you know, how did it actually go? It went fantastic, man. We had Great. smooth seas. Everybody caught fish, so we had a big time. It was a lot of fun. All right, uh, so let me ask you this. Um, congratulations, of course, are in order because How to Barbecue Right has uh, recently crossed over the 1 million subscribers mark. In fact, at uh, 5 or 6 o'clock this evening when I was doing a double check, you were currently at 1.02 million subscribers. <laughs> and for anybody that gets into YouTube, Malcolm, and really decides to make a run at it, you know, I have a pathetic YouTube presence, but I'm not leveraging it in a similar fashion that you were like, YouTube is like the space for you. You've been able to leverage it and build the brand out of it and all this other stuff. For me, it's like an afterthought. I throw some show uh, archives up there and the podcast feed is my own personal YouTube. That's what I want. I want the downloads from the podcast. You want the views from YouTube. Uh, in regards to the crossing that million threshold, comparing it to winning a barbecue contest or the birth of Michael or marrying Rochelle, I mean, a lot of major life moments that we could look back and say, how does it compare? How does it compare to some of the other things that have happened in your life? You know, it, it's just another uh, thing we did, man. <clears throat> I, I never fully expected to get there. So, you know, the fact that we got a million subscribers, it's pretty cool. But, um, you know, still got to keep paying the bills. It's not it's not it's not like money for, uh, fell from the sky. <laughs> oh, that, that wasn't it. That you hit a, you hit a million and all of a sudden money just starts being sent to you magically. There was no parade. You know, there was no key to a city. <laughs> it was just another day. So. Hey, now we got to hit two million, man. We got we got some work to do. Now you did get a little piece of hardware from YouTube. They sent you like a, a million YouTube subscriber plaque or something like that. Yeah, you get the gold play button when you hit a million, and it's you know it's like in a little plaque. It's framed. It's that's pretty deep. You know, some, something for your hard work from the YouTube recognizes. But now they they just tell you to get to work on ten million. So did you? <laughs> so I've got- were you? I remember when Sam the Cooking Guy was getting ready to cross that threshold uh, a number of months back. It's now since crossed two million, if you can believe it. But they were watching the tallies come in because it, there appears to be a certain point in your popularity where uh, you can actually see them like start ticking by. When I go, I see it's at you know this amount, and maybe it doesn't change for like a week or two. But once you reach a certain level of subscribership, you can see it starting to gain its own type of momentum. So you could see them get right up to a million, and then it kind of backed off, and then it would almost get there and it backed off a little bit, and then finally it crossed over and then continued to build from there. Were you watching vigorously, or did you like you wake up one day and you were like, oh, shit, we missed it, and we crossed over a million, and now we're going to uh, go play baseball? I knew we were getting close, but I wasn't really just watching. Actually, 
I think my dad texted me first and said, congratulations. It was like 1030 at night when uh, it's been several weeks back. Yep. But uh, yeah, my dad saw it and he, he sent me a text to say, congratulations. And I said, oh, wow, we hit a million. And finally, you know, it, when I looked, it was like one million. So, but uh, we were steady, you know, we were steady creeping. That's kind of been our thing on YouTube. Slow and steady uh, wins the race. And um, we just try to keep putting out good content, stay on a regular schedule. Do you and Rochelle talk about it at all in terms of one million people hit that subscribe button, liked whatever you guys were doing? I mean, how long has it been? 10 years or something along these lines uh, where through that time frame, a million people have crossed your path and decided that whatever you were doing at whatever time they were crossing your path at liked it enough to hit the subscribe button and now you've amassed an army of a million YouTube subscribers. I mean, a few people probably can really make that claim legitimately. Yeah. It's, I mean, it doesn't seem real. I mean, when you think about it, I, mean, I don't, I don't feel like a, a million people are subscribed to something I do. I really don't. Uh, you know, I, I, I feel blessed that, that that many people care about it and actually watch it and, and come back. That's the big thing. We get a lot of repeat viewers. It's not just subscribe, you know, one and done type thing. It's it's like people trust us to put out, uh, you know, good information that they can, you know, enjoy and, and cook along with. And so that's, that's, that kind of, that's enough for me. If one person was watching and getting something from it, I would still do it. That kind of dovetails into a question. If this was Malcolm Reed doing some kind of a, I, I don't know how big of an arena you have in Hernando, Mississippi, but you know, let's say it's a 20,000 seat arena. And once a week, you show up in the middle of the arena like a rock star, but you're going to be cooking in front of 20,000 people. Would it feel different for you to do that every week live versus having a million subscribers watch you on a YouTube channel? I don't, I don't think I could do that. Really? <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I'm not. That's only 20,000 people. <laughs> yeah, it's only 20,000. I don't know. It takes some getting used to. I mean, you don't, you don't realize it when you're. When you're recording a video and you're putting it on YouTube or, you know, you, you don't really realize, I'm sure it's like you in the show, you don't realize how many people are actually listening when you're doing it. Um, but if they're right there in front of you, it, it's a whole different ballgame. Well, I remember when I was doing the live broadcast from the MBBQA a couple of years ago in Fort Worth, and I was sitting across from Jess Pryles. This might have been the second day of broadcasting. And I realized... Because I was, you know, I had live guests in the in that room with me, and I'm sitting across the table from a bunch of people, and I, I was feeling a feeling that I had never felt before, and I couldn't put a finger on it. I wasn't really paying too much attention to it, and then I was sitting across from Jess Pryles. We got halfway through the interview, and then finally I was like, "Hey, I know what why I feel so weird. Somebody's actually sitting across from me and can actually evaluate if I'm." doing this right, doing it well, if everything I've ever done that they've seen on the internet has somehow been a smoke and mirrors or I say it's live, but it's all doctored up and pre-recorded, this is actually happening. And it was a totally different feel for me. I wasn't nervous per se, but I couldn't, I didn't realize why there was a, uh, a non-familiarity with doing the show because I had done the show a billion times before and no big deal, but that's what it was. So I agree. I mean, you, you got out in front of 20,000 people live doing a cooking show. That's a big difference than setting up a camera 
and garnering a huge audience like you have, but it's still just you and, and Rochelle and the squirrels and whatever else is in the backyard. That's right. Yeah. There's been times, you know, where I have people come over, they'll want to hang out and watch. And it's, it's even a little more challenging then, even though I know it's being recorded and Rochelle can edit it. Um, it, 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 it I don't always get it right. And it, I'm, I'm sure you would probably get a kick out of watching all the outtakes and all the raw footage that she gets because it's probably pretty comical. Is that something that we could look forward to with 2 million subscribers? We could see the blooper reel of how to barbecue right over time. You know, I need to, we need to start getting her to just put a collaboration of all the bad stuff together so we can put it out there and folks can see what it's like when I screw up because she does make me look really good. Malcolm Reed joining me here on the show, how to BBQ right dot com the website of course on youtube how to barbecue right so go ahead over there and subscribe if you haven't already do you guys do anything special to celebrate i know there was a trip that's supposed to be going to hawaii that's probably on hold that michael picked if we got to a million here we you guys got to a million but what did you guys do uh, special if anything we haven't done anything yet we haven't had time greg it's been you know this it's still been pretty busy for us and uh, Michael, of course, he brought it up. He said, we're not going to Hawaii, are we, Dad? And I was like, not right now, son. We will, we will, but it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a minute before I get on a plane to go that far for sure. Yeah, Michael's, meanwhile, in his room steaming like, oh, right. How convenient we're crossing over a million in the midst of a pandemic. You're like, you know, oh, my goodness. Well, uh, you're going to get there, and that'll be a great celebration for you guys. Uh one of the things that I had heard in the last podcast I listened to that uh, Killer Hogs and How to Barbecue Right getting a new headquarters down there in Hernando. So had you been on the lookout for new space for a while or is it like uh, anything in real estate nowadays where there's a lack of inventory for everything? So you got to be on the lookout. You got to be ready to buy and move. We were look, we've been looking. We were going to build and um a piece of property that, that came up that we really wanted the day we scheduled to go look at it sold out from under us. Mm. And so we kind of backed up and punted and then this building uh, became, we found it. It wasn't even listed at the time. Um, but we, we, you know, we asked if it was still available and it was luckily, and we went and looked at it and it's just the perfect fit for us. So it's going to give us some room to, to have a, uh, a better podcast uh, office, basically more, uh, you know, more space for us to do uh, classes it's got some warehouse space. They even have a little bit of room to open up some retail. So I'm looking forward to, you know, kind of, you know, creating that headquarters to where somebody wanted to come uh, visit how to barbecue right. They'd actually have a place to come and just kind of see what we do. You know, the thing that pisses me off the most, Malcolm, is, uh, and, and I don't want to downplay how big or uh, how uh, not big Hernando, Mississippi is, but you have fiber that is going to be hitting that place? Is it hitting your house, or is it going to be hitting the new headquarters? Both. It's hitting my house tomorrow. What? Next oh month, the internet's going to be crazy fast. There will be no lag. Oh, my goodness. I mean, <laughs> I, I am literally in a fairly large metropolitan area. Uh, Willoughby is technically a suburb of Cleveland. Uh, I don't know if I'm in the greater metropolitan. I think I am in the greater metropolitan Cleveland area. And I moved to a better part of the neighborhood. And my internet has virtually remained the same. My upstream is at best 25 megabytes. What is, uh, what is fiber going to get you up and down? Oh, uh, a thousand both ways. Holy crap. 
Malcolm Reed is going to be in four. You're going to be streaming in 4K if your processor can do it, right? I mean, that's easily. We're, you know, I'm looking forward to it because it is going to open up a whole new live ball game for us wow. where I hope to be able to do some live cooking, you know, on YouTube and on Facebook. Um, you know, with my capabilities now, I just my internet can't support it at the house. We're doing good to get one up. So that's impossible. You know, I'm doing good to be on a Skype call with you. I have to yeah. have everybody else off and just me on the computer right now. So. Wow. And it'll work in 15 minutes, but if you try to do 30-minute call, I guarantee you I'm going to drop out. Holy moly. Wow. I mean, so what does that run? Like, I don't want to get into your finances, but like, what does oh, a, a fiber cost? It's like $69 a month. Holy moly. I mean, I mean it's, it's, it's not even double what I'm paying for this crappy AT&T. Yeah. Wow. Well, I got to get fiber at some point. Maybe we're going to resell this house next week, and I'm moving to Hernando, too. I mean, I'll move for the fiber. A thousand up and down is a tremendous speed that I don't think I'll ever see. Wow, that's absolutely fabulous. Well, I can't wait to see what it's like when we link up next week. Man. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'll, when I run a speed test tomorrow, I'll send you a text and show you what I'm getting. <laughs> yes, please do that so I can be <laughs> utterly embarrassed. Wow, we Salt in the wound there. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. Now... Let me ask you, from a branding standpoint, uh, how to barbecue right, obviously, the nameplate of the YouTube part and the website, of course, but then you have a Killer Hogs competition team. You have Killer Hogs Rub. Was there any, or has there ever been any talk between you and Rochelle about phasing out the Killer Hogs portion of it, at least on the product side, and making it... How to barbecue right the the rub or the how to barbecue right jerk rub or something along these lines to uh, to to not I'm not I'm not saying that there's any confusion whatsoever but to keep it you know uh, synchronous within the brand has there ever been a talk about that No I mean as as far as you know that goes I'm going to keep Killer Hogs Barbecue going forever I mean that's my barbecue team and I don't plan on ever retiring from the competition side. So I wouldn't change those products because they're geared more towards competition. Now we have started uh, doing some other branding, not under really how to barbecue, right. But under Malcolm's lines. And, you know, so I've done the, the Cajun seasoning and the jerk seasoning and things like that. And so I'm going to be releasing some other stuff under that, but um, you know, how to barbecue, right. It's kind of just the media side of it. I guess you would say it's, it's the social media, the YouTube, the, you know, all the other stuff that goes with it. And, we kind of we kind of let that be the the mothership of the of the business and the rest of the you know the brand. We just kind of build under it. That's a, it. May be totally wrong. We're not we're not business people. We don't know. But <laughs> the mothership, like the nineteen ninety three Thunderbird, right? That's it, man. Right. Love that. Um, the American Royal just canceled earlier today around three uh, thirty Eastern time. Uh, you still think college football is going to be happening? They tell us it is, and I'm counting on it. I'm hoping I'm, you know, I've got my fingers crossed. Our governor actually made a, you know, he, he came on TV or he was all over the place in Mississippi today saying how much he wanted uh, football to play uh, in Mississippi and for the colleges and the high schools and all that. So I have faith that we're going to see some form of it, uh, whether it be fans in the stands, who knows? Um, will you be required to wear a face mask? If, if you go to a game, I'm hoping you do wear one. Um, but you know, I don't know what, I don't know what it's going to be like, but I'm counting on football, man. I don't know if I can get through the fall without football. Well, it seems to be, uh, a target that continues to move around. 
Um, there were schools here just today that were set to go back in person, and they have uh, just declared that they're going virtually, at least for the first half of the year. So we'll see how that goes. My daughter is a senior in high school, so uh, there's a lot of consternation by a certain portion of her class that wants to go to school for that senior year. Uh, my daughter's uh, uh, way more of an academic than I ever was, and uh, she's already into some college classes and stuff like that. So for her, it's, you know, she was going to be spending a lot of time at the community college anyway, taking those classes versus the high school. But it's certainly got to be a tough, uh, tough deal for kids that are uh, reaching pinnacle moments, you know, eighth grade going into ninth grade or graduating college, stuff like this. How do you think it's going to play out for competitions? I mean, you, you have the biggest ones that stepped aside this year. There's been other ones that have come here and there, but do you think this is going to uh, weed itself out at some point? Yeah, well, I don't think we're going to see any big competitions for the near future at all. It may be, you know, we'll be lucky if we get some next year, the way things are going. Um, I'm, re- You know, of course you hope that this, uh, they find a cure for this virus or a vaccine or it, it plays out, but, you know, we really don't know. Um, I'm seeing, you know, some of the smaller contests they're still having, but anything that's really drawing and counting on a lot of people to attend, there's just no way you can do it right now. I mean, I understand it as a cook or as someone that would want to organize something like that. That's a lot of risk to assume. Sure. When, you know, you, you go expecting that many people to show up and something was to go wrong. I mean, nobody would want that. Malcolm, talk to me about the TV show Naked and Afraid. Uh, is this like your favorite TV show or what? No, it's not my favorite show. But I have, but I have, I do catch myself stopping and watching it sometimes just to see the extremes these people put themselves through. I don't know. I mean, some people call us crazy for barbecuing out in the summer in the heat and all that. But can you imagine getting dropped off in the middle of nowhere with basically nothing, not even clothes? and expecting to just go out there and let the bugs eat you alive and survive off the land. I, mean, I can't imagine for one second getting dropped <laughs> off anywhere fully geared out with clothes and then <laughs> I, by choice saying I want to be matched up with a stranger with no uh, wares to fend off creatures and so forth. Maybe they give you a flint to, to attempt to try and make a fire, but you still have to know how to make a freaking fire. And oh, by the way, everybody's naked. Like, what does is, what is being naked prove outside of the fact that you just have no clothes on? To me, I think they're just trying to get a little wilderness get-down on tape, if you know what I mean. <laughs> but other than that, I don't even know you know, what it adds. I, I don't either. It, it mean, I definitely wouldn't want to expose myself to the elements like I that. I heard that. I know. <laughs> Can you imagine me and you are out there naked and afraid and it's cold? I mean, we're forced to cuddle. I mean, how weird is that? <laughs> I'd freeze. I'd, I'd tap out. I've told Michelle, we'll watch this. As soon as they put me out of the truck, oh, I'm out. That's right. 30. I, wouldn't even, I wouldn't even make it. I wouldn't make it five yards. Yeah, that's right. Five yards, and Malcolm's calling it uh, out for Naked and Afraid, no doubt. Uh, Malcolm Reed has crossed a million YouTube subscribers over there at How to Barbecue Right. If you're not one of them, head on over and smash that subscribe button right now. And you can also find them here on the first Tuesday of the month on the Barbecue Central Show. Malcolm, always appreciate the time, my friend. Thanks, Greg. We'll see you next month, man. All right, there he is, Malcolm Reed, right there from How to Barbecue, right? Always appreciate Malcolm taking the time out and spending it here with this show. And I agree. I don't under, I mean, I just don't understand 
that whole concept of that show, Naked and Afraid. Good for you being a survivalist. Put some clothes on. Please. Can you please put some clothes? Is that possible? Robin Lindars is coming up right after this. I'll talk to you quickly about Green Mountain Grills. Some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today, of course. Two different lines to choose from. A choice line, which was the original. I have two of those. You have a prime line, which was introduced a little over a year ago. I also have one of those getting ready to be put together this coming weekend because I want to get some pizzas going. I want to show off in front of the new neighbors. Actually, I only have one neighbors. I have somebody across the street, but they're all the way across the street. So choice or prime, what's the differentiator here where if you're somebody that likes tech, you like the ability to see inside the pellet hopper and inside the cooking chamber, prime line is going to be more your alley. Spend a couple hundred bucks more, whatever. If you don't want the tech, if you don't need that, you can save a couple hundred. You can go choice line. Still the same models, just not the same line. So you have Jim Bowie and the Daniel Boone in both lines. Both accommodate that pizza oven, which is great. And then if you want something ultra-portable, as Malcolm's talking about football taking place potentially still, which I doubt. Davy Crockett, super portable. You can put it in the back of trucks, vans, SUVs. If you don't have a traditional power outlet, plug it into the 12-volt in the car. You're ready to rock and roll. You're not sacrificing a tremendous amount of capacity for portability. Head on over to the website, greenmountaingrills.com. Check out everything that they have. They got rubs and sauces and pellets as well as other accessories. So make sure you check them on out and get ready to rock and roll with the Green Mountain Grills. Looking forward to doing pizza. I think I might use Urban Slicer's pizza dough this coming weekend as well. Send me some of those to test out. You know, I'm going to go Neapolitan pie in that Green Mountain Grill pizza oven insert. Hopefully, Robin Lindars is getting ready to check in, and we'll talk to you here in just a minute. Stick around. We'll be right back. talk show entertainment now let's get back to the barbecue central show all right welcome back this portion of the show being brought to you by cookingpellets.com your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet driven cookers visit cookingpellets.com for more information or to purchase you can also visit amazon.com as well either way you want to do it lots of great flavors selling in 40 pound bags they do have some species of 100% like hickory. They have some other ones there too. By the way, here's something. You know what? I have a terrible feeling that 
something isn't going right, but maybe she's doing uh, Skype. I don't know. Let's check and see where Robin's at. And then, okay, well, just like that, as promised, just wasn't sure exactly how we were linking up. Robin Lindars. Hey, Robin. Hey, Greg. How's it going? All right. How are you? Happy Tuesday. Yeah, happy Tuesday. Let me uh, get you up here, and away we go. Uh, Robin, appreciate you joining me here. Well, first of all, I appreciate the fact that, you know, you, you got hosed a couple weeks ago because I was in the process of moving, and then I got everything set up here in the studio, locked everything into the tower, hit it to power on, and then pff, that was it. The whole thing just lit up and... and it, just wasn't going to happen. It wasn't going to get a new computer in time and set up and stream worthy. So you and Steven Reichlin both ate it a couple weeks ago and we had to miss out on our normal third Tuesday of the month visit. And then this Tuesday sparks up. Sam the Cooking Guy is celebrating 35 years of wedded togetherness with his wife. And he's like, I can't make it tonight. And I said, well, now I got to try and rework. So you were gracious enough to kind of roll back into this slot and Sam's going to backfill your third Tuesday spot here in a couple weeks. So it all works out for everybody. So I appreciate it. It's great stuff. I mean, you're used to um, to be here. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you about the the craziness of moving. I was going to say, I mean, you moved out of that spectacular house uh, that you had been in uh, pretty much since I had uh, met you and then moved up here to the robot ranch area so you're uh, i guess renting right now and then at some point once the robot ranch ranch or uh, estate or whatever you're gonna call it gets built you got to remove again are you far away from where you would build or are you pretty close we're about 15 minutes all right so and, fairly close um, yeah yeah and we just got our permits in today so it's it's gonna be you know i'd say at least a year before we move but um yeah. Yeah. But we just moved not that long ago. And it's a it's a great opportunity to really ask yourself, which grills do I really like? <laughs> you know, um, which ones are going to get moved twice? Which ones, you know, because you got to we moved with pods. So you have to say oh. you got to move it once and you're going to move it again because you're going to move it in the pod. And you're gonna, so it's like you got it's like a double move. <laughs> How many made it up to where you're at right now? I think I have about 12. Wow. How many got left behind? 12 is a lot. Well, I mean, I have like lots of little tailgating grills too that I like hmm. to keep around and play with. Um, you know, I gave a lot of my old grills to neighbors. I gave my uh, Weber Smoky Mountain to a friend of mine just getting into smoking. So, um, and there were a few others. I gave I gave one of my pit barrels to, uh, when I moved here to my new, which I love my pit barrel, but I already had a PBJ. So I figured, um, to my pastor at the church where I was going. So, you know, if you know me long enough, eventually you'll get a grill from me probably. Hmm. So yeah, in my move, I left the, uh, one of my green mountain grill choice, uh, Daniel Boone's for the new homeowner. And uh, yes, and uh, that had a pizza oven insert because I got a prime one that also has a pizza. So I didn't lose anything. I just basically upgraded altogether. But I left one for him and I also left an outdoor oven uh, for him to use. And then I would like to say I left my pit barrel to neighbor Desmond, except he basically said, I love the pit barrel and I'm just taking it. And it went and lived on his deck for like the last year and a half. So 
I wasn't going to go back over to Desmond and say, well, now I'm taking back the pit barrel. I would rather make the uncomfortable phone call to Noah and ask him to send me another one here to the new house instead of getting my head blocked off from neighbor Desmond because he's he might be one of the most staunch advocates for the pit barrel. He cooks everything on the pit barrel from ribs to turkeys to briskets to fish. I mean, you name it. And he loves the ease and the product that it puts out. Uh, when you used it, like what were your favorite things to cook on the pit barrel? I really loved ribs. Yeah. Loved turkey. And I, I love my pit barrel. I just, I, I got to the point where I was, I just had the PBJ and I figured, you know, and I figured kind of the same that eventually they'd hopefully send me another one. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, I just think, especially for turkey, so and and chicken, so versatile. But they really like they sprinkle like unicorn dust and whatever it is they put in the the pit barrel because everything in it is good. So I see why people get really excited, um, fanatical, if you will, yeah. kind of like people do with an egg. Like it's very like when you get it, you're like, oh my god, I love this grill. It's awesome. It produces amazing food. So I get it for sure. And lamb in a pit barrel is probably the only way anybody should be eating lamb. It was the first way I had it, so perhaps it was one of those fall in love moments. But I remember Noah handing me a chop and saying, here, just shut up and put this in your mouth. It's going to change your life. And I took my first bite and it was literally hook, line and sinker right after that. And it's the only way that I'm going to cook it. Look at this. We got a, we got a guest coming into the show. It's Hunter, everybody. Hey Hunter. How are you, pal? Hunter, mommy's on the internet radio show. Say hi to Greg. Hey buddy. Are you, uh, are you a fan of live fire cooking or no? You like, like, you like on your grill? Yeah. He likes making faces. I can tell you that. Look at this guy. He actually has two grills, don't you, Hunter? Doesn't he have a big green egg max or something like that? He does. Do. You do. Yes. You do. Yeah. What's, your, what's your favorite thing to cook on the big green egg max, Hunter? Hot dogs or hamburgers? Tooth fairy coming? Yo, ask Daddy, please. He's asking me to buy a video game. I'm sorry. He's supposed to be in bed right now. Hey, it's the summer. It's like the never-ending summer, by the way. I don't know what school is like. We haven't seen school in such a long time. Yes. Right. Nobody yeah. knows what school is like. Come on, please. I'm sorry about that, Greg. Um, the door is supposed hey, to be locked. Man, we yeah. have uh, we have kids here, too. Like, uh, just last week, my oldest, who's 19, just strolled in onto the show and didn't really add anything. At least, uh, you know, uh, uh, Hunter's adding good looks and the fact that he is accomplished. Uh, he's he's more of an accomplished outdoor cooker than my oldest is, if that's saying something right there. Well, you know, it's um, it's remember that remember when that that clip went viral with that like guy on BBC who his kid like busts into his his office while he's like live streaming. Yes. He's asking me to buy a video game. Buy. And, and, or download. Oh, okay. Just, you know, sorry. This is my old phone, so it only works with my fingerprint. What are the, what are the, um, what are the kids playing these days? Is it like a Slappy Bird or Froggy Frog or what? Well, you know what's so annoying is he'll get like these card games and they're free, but then you can't pay anything without ad- watching like a million ads yeah. or eventually all the cool cards you do have to buy, which mm. is annoying. Wow. We- so, uh, are you doing um, something with HPBA this year or next year or? Oh. Oh, am I going to the conference or am I like working with them? Are you, yeah. Are you working with them specifically? I am there. I am an ambassador. To their really? Ambassador. Look at you. Nice. Go ask daddy, please. Thank you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's me. That's me. Okay. I'm sorry. Mommy's on the phone. Go ask daddy. 
please. Uh oh, I think that door is going to get locked. That's what I think is going to happen. Hunter, you are not Andrew, on the radio. You are not. That's right. That's right. I'm sorry. Oh, kids. Just think, we'll have that for posterity forever and ever. We can always look back on this. Hunter's debut on the Barbecue Central show. It'll be great. Greatly busted in and um, asked me to download a video game for him and, and all that good stuff. There you go. So, sorry, so you're, uh, you're partnering with HPBA. Yeah, they named me an ambassador, and I was uh, just flattered because they are—they're just a—they're a nonprofit organization that's all about promoting promoting the Hearth Patio Barbecue. So they're the Hearth Patio Barbecue Association, yep. and so um, they're all about promoting outdoor cooking, which is what we all love to do. And I think um, part of why they brought me in is uh, the mom angle, because I've been—I've been trying to show Hunter. Or attempting to get him into cooking or at least more familiar with cooking and cooking outdoors. And so, um, yeah, so, you know, he has his own grills. And, uh, of course, we grill together under supervision. But um, I did write some some blog or some articles for them about how to get your kids interested in cooking. And, and of course, on my website, I wrote, like, why I love to grill everything, you know, um, that's not just meat or, you know, whatever it might be, but I love to grill just about anything and everything. You see, I'm kind of a wacky griller. I grill cocktails. I smoke my spices. I like to throw fruit on the grill. So, um, I, you know, everything benefits from, from that flavor you get from cooking outdoors. So yeah, it's a, it's a fun, um, ambassadorship and just flattering, honestly, just nice, nice, you know, I'm I'm appreciative they they included me as part of their flock, if no you doubt. will. Yeah, congratulations, by the way. I think there's some other yeah, big yeah. names that are part of that. Stephen Reichland might be on board as well. That's a big, pretty big name here in the industry. When is that conference taking place? Do you know? Uh, they they just reached out to me, but um, I think they they name new ambassadors every year, and they just promote. You know, this year they're promoting. Um, it's called Why I Grill. So if you go to whyigrill.org, yeah. and they where they highlight people in their story about grilling. So there's, yeah, there's, there's Stephen Reichland, who of course is my, uh, like he's my personal hero. That's actually like the first grilling cookbook I bought actually for my dad yeah. back in the day. Um, my dad, actually, I bought him a grill for father's day. I actually bought him a big green egg in the mid early two thousands wow. as a father's day present. Best daughter ever. No doubt. And then I later got on my own grilling journey just kind of by accident, you know. So, so yeah, hmm. good stuff. When is the conference? Is that like first quarter of next year or something like uh, March, April, something along those lines? I believe so. And gosh, I hope we could go. Wouldn't it be fun if we could go again together, Greg, and just have fun like we did that last yeah. time when we went with Noah and um i told remember we rented and we got that airbnb and we 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 all just hung out and then i saw noah eating ice cream one night and i came in and said don't be a fat boy do you remember that no <laughs> what i don't remember, remember. We, went, we went to the hpba that year yes and we all stayed and the so for everyone on the line with noah glanville from the pit barrel cooker right they're the nicest couple out there he's Best. the nicest guy totally. um uh, and one night, I guess maybe, maybe you had gone to bed and I walk in and I see Noah just like standing there eating ice cream out of the bed. And I was like, don't be a fat boy. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> I 
we always joke about that or something. It was something like that. I don't remember. I, don't know. I know I was out with like uh, the Green Mountain Grill guys uh, for a while, but I, I think I would remember Noah shoveling ice cream into his face by himself like he was trying to get away with something. So, yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe I did uh, turn in early. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, all right. So uh, Robin is going to be part of the HPBA influencers. So uh, check out all of that stuff. And last question before I let you go tonight is I was uh, going through the uh, Instagram accounts and I saw a sheet pan that had a bunch of stuff on it. And within the description, it said sheet pan dinner. What is that? So sheet pan dinners really took off probably about four years ago for people who cook in their kitchen. But um they're perfect for people who cook in their outdoor kitchens, right? So um, a sheet pan, think of like a nine by 13 pan. And it, sheet pan dinners are perfect for pellet smokers because mm. what's awesome is, and I actually developed that recipe you saw originally for our friends over at Green Mountain Grills because sheet pan, grill, sheet pan dinners are an, an awesome way to throw a bunch of stuff um, on a pan that can be cooked all together. So, you know, in that sheet pan recipe you saw, I did uh, like chicken thighs and delicata squash drizzled in like maple and thyme, right? And so, but think about any protein you have, um, let's say chicken or even salmon, and then take something like root vegetables or even kale or spinach. And it, what's great is you can cook everything together. I think the main thing is with your vegetables, make sure they're chopped up enough so that they'll cook all the way through by the time your protein is done. Yeah. Especially like for a pellet smoker, you've got usually you've got the space on your grill and the the cooking mechanism is different because it's even though it, you can be at like 400, you're still almost like indirect in the way that you have the heat shield versus like if you were charcoal, in my opinion. So it works really well for, um, for pellet smokers. It can work really well on your your gas grill, too, because it can fit. And right. I think, like, the same version of that, like, on an egg or a Kamado would be, like, when you cook in cast iron, you know? So, like, a like a one-pan one meal, um, you know, just throw stuff together where all the, the flavors are complementary. But, you know, for those who are thinking of trying this, this is a great way to use up what you have in the fridge. You know, maybe you're like, I have this vegetable, you know, um, and I have this protein. Throw it together. Um, and you know, usually you can make stuff in less than 30 minutes. So I'm all about easy peasy. So see what's in season these, this time of year, you have so many awesome types of squash, uh, or you know, like summer squash or zucchini, uh, maybe even like some roasted tomatoes, yes. like different meat, um, meat stuff you can do, or even do kind of like a sweet and savory. Like I love like throwing stone fruit in with maybe, you know, then at the end you can, Add some goat cheese and some some herbs or nuts or you know I I, I like to mess around with all that stuff but it, I think sheet pan dinners the, the 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 parting thought on this is that it's a great way to kind of use up what you have and force yourself to kind of get creative and um, see what you can come it's like chopped at your own house right chopped house version. <laughs> and it's just by yourself, so you win every time, no matter what. You win every time. Hey, best. don't be like me and go on national television and have a an oyster debacle. <laughs> right, no doubt. Uh, I like to, I like to uh, get my. I like to uh, do all my trial and error on on national television. Yes, so. that's the that's that is when you, that's what's separating the men from the boys, right there. I mean, you go out and you just 
throw something up against the wall on national television. I mean, that's balls right there. No doubt. We love, we love that here on this show. Uh, you can find Robin over grillgirl.com. Uh, check out and try a sheet pan dinner. Share it and tag her and tag me. We'd love to see it. And on the third Tuesday of the month, not this month, but every month going forward, you can find Robin right here on the show. Robin, appreciate you filling in tonight, and we'll see you in September. And thanks for having me, and uh, thanks for accidentally um, having Hunter. Yes, of course. He's a delight. (laughs) All right. Little dictator. That's right. There she is, Robin Lindars from Grill Girl. The little dictator, as she said. Hey, man, you can't control those kids, man. There's something else doing what they do. Oh, I got to find the, oh, I find the social media stuff here. We didn't uh, connect the way I thought we were going to connect, so I wasn't able to check the chat while we were going up here and then throw them up. Hey, I'll talk to you quickly about pits and spits. If you're looking for a pellet style cooker or a traditional offset, pits and spits has been doing it since 1983 in Houston, Texas. Pits and spits sets itself apart by using heavy seven and 10 gauge steel in every cooker, fully welded construction that you can feel when you use the unit and a 304 stainless roll-top lid on the front shelf for every single smoker. Why does that matter? Well, by using higher-quality materials, pits and spits, smokers reach and maintain temperatures, allowing you to worry more about the meat than the heat. By providing a fully welded smoker, you don't have to worry about gases and smoke leaking out of the barrel or about the grill rattling apart as you move it through the backyard. And by using 304 stainless, you're getting an heirloom-quality product that you are able to pass down to the kids. Where some companies focus on being a low-cost provider, Pits and Spits focuses on craftsmanship and using quality materials. Are there cheaper ways to manufacture their products? Sure. But they don't like tack welds, cheap stainless, and electronics that you can't trust. Having in-house manufacturing gives them complete control of their design and standards. It's not something you're going to find in a product that's brought in overseas. Their steel supply is being used in some of the harshest environments, so you know it's going to perform under any circumstance and condition, and their controllers are made right here in the USA. So they're able to give you unimpeded transparency into the programming. Pits and Spits has a dealer network across the country, but if there isn't one close to you, feel free to give them a call at 844-650-6250. That's 844-650-6250. Whether you're a backyard grill master looking to cook steaks for the family or a competition team smoking 50 racks of ribs, Pits and Spits has a product for you. You can check them out on their website, pitsandspits.com, or see their pits in the wild across social media at their handle, at Pits and Spits. Let's wrap the first hour. Stick around. We'll be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Craig Rampey. Hey, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Fireboard. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring. 
or connect via Bluetooth. If you have Alexa or the Google Assistant, you're in luck because Fireboard, the original, and Fireboard 2 and Fireboard 2 Drive, fully integrated with both. Find out more by visiting fireboard.com or call 816-945-2232. Woody, Woody Woodrow, first time watching live. I must say, Greg, podcast is amazing, but watching is gosh dang chart topping. You're damn right it is. Chart topping indeed. The Anthony Lujan, great first hour. Yes, it was. Looking forward to a better second hour. Stick around, be right back. 